Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. This is the VFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is EY Eric Young. And I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's happening, bud? Greg, hey, happy Friday to you. Championship week is here. A little nervous. Week 16. A little nervous. Of the fantasy football season. I also feel like we should change the lyrics to our intro yeah. to Go EY, go EY, go. Go EY, go EY, go. Repping the BFFs in the Pit League Finals. Let's go, EY. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I mean, there's still uh, some decisions that got to be made. Uh, some news coming out. Boone might be the starter. Oh, geez. <laughs> 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 this is a wild week. It is a wild week. It's crazy because we were talking about it yesterday. I don't know if I've ever had this good of a team going into the finals. And the truth is, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's an absolute nightmare. I'm sure there's people out there listening to the show. You're in the same position. I'd just rather not have these decisions. I've got to make the decision. It's do or die. Uh, this is, you know, the final week, the championship matchup. And, uh, you know, I made the right decisions, and that's why I'm in this position. But now it's, oh, man, it's crazy, man. There's a lot of decisions that got to be made. This is what you get for having such a good team, EY. True. It's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. That's true. why I played in a 10-team dynasty league. I had to leave the league. Because I kept losing every single week because I couldn't figure out who to start. It's too hard. 10-team leagues, it's yep. like your entire team is stacked. Your bench is stacked. You think it's hard enough trying to figure out who to start in a 12-team league? You might have good players on your bench there. When you play in a 10-team league, it is so hard to make decisions every single week because everybody in your lineup and on your bench is great. That's why I always I try my best anyway, going into the playoffs to consolidate that depth, right? Like I don't need it. Theoretically, in the in the playoffs, snag your, your handcuffs. handcuffs. Snag your handcuffs. You don't need depth at all. You trade them all away for starters and pray. And yeah, know, or else you end out. up with a dilemma like Ewise, where your team is so stacked you don't know what to do. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well it's, it is de- it is depth, but it's it's all starter depth. I mean, like people on my bench right now: McLaurin, Galladay, uh, Amendola, who had an unreal week. Matt Boone, uh, uh, is it Matt Boone? Mike Boone. Mike Boone. Mike Boone. Coach Boone. Herman Mike, Boone. Mike Boone. Herman Boone. Like, 
It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. It's just crazy. My two flex are Drake and Sanders. It's it's wild. Uh, I have a ton of depth, but it's all you know. There's a bunch of starters or people that did really well last week, so you have to question it. It's crazy, man. Like everyone, you just want to make the right decision. Like that's what you want almost more than anything else. Is if your team's good enough, it's good yep. enough. It's not good enough, it's it's not good enough. I mean, that's fine, but yep. you want to make the right decision. That's what almost scares me more than anything, Frank. Yeah, obviously. Um, there, this is the final week. It all comes down to this. You know, all the pressure is riding on this. People are going to overthink decisions. They're going to flip flop. You know, who to start in their flex, wide receivers, back and forth. This person, this person. Ultimately, look, ride the hot hand, go with the best matchups. It doesn't matter if you drafted Le'Veon Bell in the first round, Odell Beckham in the first round. If you drafted those guys, you're probably not in the finals anyway, unless, of course, you lucked out with Lamar Jackson. But it doesn't matter where you drafted players at this point. You're going to take the players who are being used in the right way, in the right matchups, and you're not going to think a, a second. You're not going to think twice about it, Greg. No, you're not. You're just you're going to put yourself in the best position to win. That is legitimately uh, all you can do, and then you just hope everything else works out. I say we jump in, Greg. I know uh, we only got a few minutes here before we hit the break, but I think we should try and start this final game on the Saturday night slate. Sure, that's exactly. We didn't we didn't get to it yesterday. Great show yesterday. We've got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. We do. So let's start where we left off. That's Saturday night football. The Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Rams are a six and a half point underdog in this one from a fantasy perspective. I know a lot of fantasy owners are gonna live or die with what Cooper Cup does. For this Rams team facing off against the San Francisco defense that without Richard Sherman has not been the same. Exactly. There's one right there. He's sitting right here, <laughs> living and dying with what Cooper Cup will do. What do you expect out of the Rams wide receivers, and in particular, Cooper Cup? Yeah, I'm down on Cooper Cup heading into week 16. I have him as my wide receiver. There was just the biggest 30. pause by you. I just... <laughs> I have, I have Cooper Cup as my wide receiver 30. I have him 10 spots lower than the consensus according to Fantasy Pros rankings. San Francisco has been great against slot receivers all year. It doesn't matter that Richard Sherman uh, is potentially out in this game uh, because he plays on the outside. So I think, if anything, that helps Robert Woods. I still do like Robert Woods. The targets have been up for him. Uh, he's still a high-end wide receiver, too, for me. I know he was a dud last week. A lot of wide receivers were duds in Week 15. we got to put that behind us. I think you, you saw what Julio Jones did as an outside wide receiver against this 49ers defense, and I like Robert Woods. I'm going back to him. Can't say the same thing about Cooper Cup. Cup's snaps were back up last week, but the targets were down for him. Higby still saw big volume. Robert Woods still saw big volume in this game. So I like Robert Woods. Not necessarily the same about Cooper Cup here in this matchup, Greg. And Todd Gurley, it's a tougher matchup, but this guy is scoring touchdowns, man. I mean, he has five touchdowns in his last five games. He has 51 red zone opportunities. Malcolm Brown has 15. So whatever concerns we had early on in the season, we don't have those anymore. Todd Gurley has 12 total touchdowns on the season. I think he's a high-end RB2. It's still a tougher matchup, but he sees those money touches in the red zone. So because of that, I think Gurley is a high-end RB2. Greg, the biggest question is how much does Gerald Everett affect Tyler Higby? And I think it's a legitimate one. I still have Higby ranked as a top-eight tight end, but I don't feel nearly as confident as I have the past couple of weeks. Is there any way that the Rams screw this up? Yes, very, very, very possible, right? It was only a few weeks back when Gerald Everett was the surefire starter, right? Like, we like Gerald Everett. You, want, you traded for Gerald Everett. You started Gerald Everett confidently. Now you don't know what to do, unfortunately, with Everett back in the lineup. Tyler Higby has been unbelievable over the past month. I have him my tight end seven. Nicer. Is that too high? seven? Tyler Higby. Tight end seven. Probably a bit high for me, yes. 
right. probably a little bit high. For I'll uh, I'll mention a few tight ends that I have behind him when we get back from the break, and we'll see if you guys agree or disagree. We'll get to the San Francisco side as well, and a whole lot more to come, including what's going on with DJ Chark in Jacksonville. We'll tell you next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So I hope you can stand the vibration, because we're about to rock the entire nation. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Greg Sussman marching his way, beating up the tree over there. Back to his side of the tree. Tree's still standing. We're still standing. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Things hold. Standing. <laughs> the poor star on top is now facing the opposite direction. What are you doing, Greg? <laughs> Beating everything up. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, uh, before the break, you were going to give me some names at the tight end position uh, who you have currently ranked after Tyler Higby. Uh, I have Tyler Higby as my seventh ranked tight end. I have him just behind Darren Waller and Hunter Henry. I have him just ahead of Jacob Hollister, Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Dallas Goddard. So I think I'd rather have almost all of them. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, this guy's playing 85% of the snaps over the last three weeks. I understand it's without Everett, but over 100 yards. He's played so well, and he's really been the turnaround for this Rams offense. I know. It's been great. Well, maybe with Gerald Everett yeah. back, the changes, and Cooper Cup gets back in the mix. The only, uh, the only one that I think that you can make the argument for is Hollister because he's sure. going up against the Cardinals. Uh-huh. Yep. Jared Cook, usage is inconsistent. Obviously, they're going to use uh, they're going to use Michael Thomas. They're going to use Alvin Kamara. EY, what about you? I have Tyler Higby tight end seven. Just behind him, Hollister, Cook, Hooper. Does that make sense to you? Um, he has been good. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize, like, this guy got paid. You mean, like, the Rams gave him a pile of money? So uh, I think they view him as a very important player, not just a guy that's going to block. He's, he's going to catch passes. Um, but it has been up and down. Everett was definitely the guy there. I know we talked about him a bunch on the show. He took over. I know Higby was hurt, uh, but he was back playing and wasn't doing much. Now Higby has taken the reins of the number one tight end there again. But I don't know if I can trust him, to be honest. And it's it's going to be a weird it's going to be a weird game. You mean like uh, it's going to be one? It's going to be him or it's going to be Cup? Um, so it, it's going to be difficult. And San Francisco is one of the best defense in the league. So th- the truth is, is other than maybe Woods, uh, I don't know if I can really trust any of them. That is the question that you have, EY, in regards to Cooper Cup. Who would you rather start this week? This question comes from our own Eric Young, Frank. Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, Tyrell Williams. Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller. No hesitation. No hesitation. Anthony Miller is Where? inside my top 24. The way to attack oh. the Chiefs secondary I is would in the slot. I would also say Anthony Miller. Yep. What say you, Ewa? It's your team. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is I've been thinking about this all week. Anthony Miller is a guy that uh, I was super, super high on. He's not going to finish uh, with the numbers that I was hoping for um, or the Chicago Bears were hoping for. But this is the this is the Anthony Miller that I envisioned was going to exist all season. I think the biggest part of this was Trubisky was an absolute nightmare. Frank, Trubisky was rotten. He was a rotten quarterback. What? He has turned that around. He he has been decent. Um, and Anthony Miller is a massive beneficiary of of him turning his season around. Anthony Miller scored, I think he had, was it seven or, or, or ten touchdowns last year with one arm. He had surgery. Uh, he had shoulder, shoulder surgery, I think it was, um, and w- was played banged up all year. So I thought he was going to take a huge step forward. And it looks like it is coming at the end of the year, but that huge step forward is happening for Anthony Miller. At I'm least. moving him into my number two wide receiver as we speak, go. boys. He has go. 140 receiving yards or a touchdown in three straight games. Since week 11, he is the wide receiver eight overall in PPR leagues. I'm going Anthony Miller over Cooper Cup. All right, other side, the San Francisco 49ers side. How high is Raheem Mostert on your rankings this week, Frank? I have him as my RB20, so I think he is a solid low-end RB2. The usage has been there for him, playing over 50% of the snaps, which doesn't sound significant, but for a Kyle Shanahan running back in this offense, it actually is. I mean, normally, we'd be looking at a you know three-way, pretty even split, but he is seeing over 50% of the snaps. He's dominating in the red zone as well. It's a tougher matchup against the Rams. That's why I downgrade him a little bit to RB20, but I still do think that he is in this RB2 territory, uh, and the Rams... As good as they have been against the run, you wouldn't be able to tell based on what happened last week with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard running all over them. So I do think there are some upside for explosive plays here for Raheem Mostert. So uh, I'm not completely going away from him. I am worried about Debo Samuel, mm-hmm, Greg. Mm-hmm. Plays mostly on the outside. I think he could see a lot of Jalen Ramsey here. If I had to start one of the 49ers wide receivers, it would be Emmanuel Sanders. As a low-end wide receiver three, the way to attack the Rams is in the slot. And obviously you're using George Kittle. All right, George Kittle certainly in your lineups here. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is in a big spot considering we don't both don't like. And I know this Sanders. is big for you. I would use Sanders over Julian Edelman. The question isn't that, Frank. It's Patrick <laughs> Laird or Julian Edelman. Oh gosh, exactly, exactly. I would lean with Laird, but I'm not going to. Don't do feel that. great about I'm it. I'm not going to. You're do going down with the ship. I'll go down with the ship. Edelman over Patrick Laird. All right. I would like. I would. I was Gaskin season, Greg. Exactly. That's why I started <laughs> Julian Edelman. The, the thing is, I would have started like, Rashad Perriman over Edelman if I would have gotten him. I didn't. You didn't? Yeah. Save some, save some of those fab dollars, Greg. I didn't have him. I, I tried. You told me to spend it all on Drew Brees. And here we are. Hey, all Drew right. Brees helped you get to the final. He did. He did. This week, Drew Brees is in Tennessee to take on the Titans. It's an interesting game because the Saints are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Tennessee. EY, we know that Drew Brees isn't the same guy away from the Superdome that he is inside of New Orleans. He's in Tennessee. Interesting spot, a tough spot. Are you hesitant to start a guy like Drew Brees this week? Uh, I think I've, I've been oddly hesitant to start him all year because there, he's definitely had games where you're like, oh, he's getting old, or oh, you know, I mean, they're a running team now. Uh, so it's, yeah, and then he comes out and has a game like he had last week, and and you feel foolish. So it's 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 a tough spot. Uh, Tennessee's defense, uh, they're missing a Dory Jackson. I don't know if he's going to play. That's a big player in their secondary. Um, so they are a little beat up in the secondary position. But Tennessee's defense has been sneaky good. It's going to be cold. Uh, it, you know, they're playing 
here in Tennessee, so it's outdoors. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very interesting question. I don't know if I can trust Drew Brees, but I feel like if he's your quarterback and you don't have somebody else that's glaring, I feel like you just go with it. The Tennessee Titans are desperate. They've got to win their next two games if they have a hope of being in the playoffs. So this is a desperate team uh, with their with their backs up against the wall, playing at home, and they're they're going to they're going to come out and they're going to score points. The question is, if you have Drew Brees, who are you starting over him? Right, because he just had that monster yeah. game. I guess it could be a letdown spot going on the road after you know breaking the record for most touchdowns by a quarterback in NFL history. But Ey, I mean, you could speak to this as well. The way to attack the Titans is through the air. They're 22nd in pass defense DVOA. Yep. If there's anywhere where they do struggle on defense, it's more so you know against the pass than it is on the ground. They do allow a lot of receptions to running backs, which is why. I still do like Kamara. I know he's been a letdown. He's not scoring touchdowns. And frankly, if you drafted Kamara, you know, inside the top three picks, you might not be in the finals right now because he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. I saw an awesome tweet earlier this week, Greg. His yards from scrimmage per game this year is exactly the same that it has been his first two years. The only thing that's different is he's not scoring touchdowns, which matters for fantasy. Obviously. But, I mean, this is the volatility of trying to predict touchdowns on a yearly basis. So we knew some touchdown regression was going to come for Kamara. I still do like him as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, the Titans do allow the, the second-most receptions to running backs this season. I, I, I just find it, I find it hard-pressed to believe that you will have a quarterback that you will trust more than Drew Brees this week in this spot. You're probably right. On the other side with the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Are you concerned with A.J. Brown against Marshawn Lattimore? Where is he ranked for you? So I am not concerned about A.J. Brown. I mean, I have him as my wide receiver 12. And Fantasy Pro's consensus has him wide receiver 13. He is going to go so high next year. I don't think that you can get away from him. The way that he's playing right now, it's he is the main target in this offense. Ryan Tannehill is playing well. Say whatever you want about him. Oh, well, the wheels are going to fall off at some point. It hasn't happened. I still have Tannehill as my QB7. The, the Saints defense does not play as well on the road as they do inside the Dome. I, I'm still... I, look, Ryan Tannehill's got me this far. I think the pass volume is going to be there. The efficiency has been there. Him and A.J. Brown are clicking. I think Jonu Smith is a decent streaming tight end. The Saints have been good against tight ends, but they've been using Jonu Smith more. They're trying to find ways to get him involved. He had a 57-yard run last week. Obviously, pay attention to Derrick Henry. I think it looks like he's going to go, but his hamstring is still a, you know, a worry. So pay attention to that, but I think you continue to roll with all these Titans that got you here, Greg. All right, fair enough. When we come back, I'll give you that update on DJ Chark. We'll get to Jacksonville and a whole lot more. Stick around. A lot more on the way. These are your fantasy BFFs here on SportsGrade. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Is take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. At FanDuel.com slash grid, where you will receive a free bet of up to 500 bucks. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. You're in control when you go to FanDuel.com slash grid. 
Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. The website for details. Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman, Eric Young, we are all here. I've teased it for a couple minutes now, but DJ Chark is good to go after missing one week. As long as he doesn't have a setback today or tomorrow, Chark will be in the lineup for the Jaguars this week against Atlanta. Frank, where does DJ Chark come in on your wide receiver rankings? So I don't have DJ Chark ranked as high as I normally do because he is coming back off the injury, and the Falcons secondary has played better against outside wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Again, this comes according to Graham Barfield. Follow him on Twitter. The Atlanta Falcons have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, to outside wide receivers, over the last eight weeks. So they have been tougher on the wide receiver position. Uh, So I have DJ Chark as my wide receiver 28. I think he is a solid wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver three. They're seven-point dogs. I think he should see some targets. DJ Chark, baby shark. DJ Chark uh, should see some targets here. They're seven-point dogs, likely playing from behind. I think we get some back and forth here. Uh, I like them. Don't love them, Greg. All right, fair enough. Now, we were just talking during the break about Devontae Freeman on the other side of this. Devontae Freeman is beloved this week, of course, facing against Jacksonville, but he has not been able to get in the end zone all that much this season. How confident, Eric, are you in Devontae Freeman this week? I mean, he hasn't done anything to make you super confident. Um but but it could be a, a big matchup. Jacksonville has been really bad against the run. Freeman is the guy there. They're going to rely on him. Um, and it could be one of those things where it's like, you know, eventually with, with the kind of volume he's been getting and stuff, that he's going to score a touchdown. If you're starting him this week, you're hoping it's this week because uh, it is do or die. But I, I don't know if I can trust Freeman because he, he has not been super reliable. And that's been going on all year. I understand why people would be hesitant. Devontae Freeman, you're right, EY. He hasn't been good all season long. Frank, please don't let us talk us into drafting him again next year. Well, I wasn't really on him. I mean, you guys love Devontae Freeman I every said, single please year. please don't let me talk us into right. drafting him. Somebody downstairs, clip that out, and I will remind Greg Sussman of this. Please. He's like, well, you know, it's <laughs> Devontae Freeman. He's going to get the workload. Doesn't matter, Greg. I'm asking you nicely. <laughs> I do like Devontae Freeman this week. I have him as RB18. I think he's a solid RB2. I tweeted this out last night, Drink, that the Falcons have 12 red zone, uh, 12 rushing attempts inside the five this year. Devontae Freeman has one of them. It's not very good. No, it's terrible. It's normally where he makes his money, inside the five, inside the red zone. So they haven't been, been, been using him that way, but I think that he could break a long one in this game. The Jaguars allow the second highest yards per carry to running backs this year. They are 31st in run defense DVOA. If there's ever a week you're going to use Devontae Freeman, it's this week, Craig. Yeah, it is this week uh, against Jacksonville. The last couple of weeks, it's been a good spot for for, um, Devontae Freeman. We'll see this week if he can come through for your fantasy teams. EY has another question for us, Frank, and that takes us to another couple of games. Um, It brings me to Philly and Dallas. We talked a lot about Dak Prescott here this week, a lot about the quarterback situation. But Eric's question is on the other side with Philadelphia's quarterback, Carson Wentz. Would you rather start Carson Wentz or Ryan Fitzpatrick? So this is a fair question. I have these guys ranked within two spots. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick, QB 11. I have Carson Wentz, QB 13. I still do worry about the weapons that Carson Wentz has here. I uh, can't really push the ball down the field. Yes, he did it against Washington last week. Uh, Dallas's defense hasn't really shown up this year. Uh, they allowed some garbage time production to Jared Goff last week. Uh, but ultimately, it's a lot of dink and dumps from Carson Wentz right now. 
I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's the Bengals defense going on the road. He's playing at home. You know the pass volume is going to be there for Fitz. It's close. I lean Fitzpatrick. How about you, Greg? Yeah, so for me, I also go with Fitzpatrick with... with with all the weapons down for Carson Wentz, it just makes his job tougher. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of car, uh, lot of Zach Ertz there. And yes, we've been relying on Greg Ward. We can get to him in just a second. But I think he just makes his job tougher. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what you're getting as well? A lot of Devontae Parker here, which is okay. He's your boy, EY. Give me Ryan Fitzpatrick over Carson yep. Wentz here this week. I mentioned Greg Ward. How high is he in your rankings? So Greg Ward is outside of my top 36. Really? Greg. He is... Actually, he's uh, he's just barely inside. He's uh, he's wide receiver thirty six exactly. So he's a low end wide receiver three. Players I have him just ahead of uh, Robbie Anderson, Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, Debo Samuel. He's close with Sterling Shepard. Uh, you know, Shepard had the big target game last week, but Greg Ward did as well. And, and this is assuming that there's no Nelson Aguilar because that would change things. But uh, if no no Nelson Aguilar, Greg Ward is going to play in the slot, and that is an advantageous position to be in. Uh, the way to attack the Cowboys has been in the slot. I said that whatever, a month ago that it was. Cole Beasley had a big game against them. Cooper Cup scored a touchdown at the slot last week against the Cowboys in garbage time. Uh, and I think that if Aguilar is out, Greg Ward is likely going to see six to eight targets once again, which makes him a low-end wide receiver three. On the other side with Dallas, we knew that Dak Prescott was at least throwing the football today lightly. You can't really do... You're probably going to start Dak, I think, if he starts. Um, you can't really do anything about Mark Cooper. You're going to throw him out there. Same for Michael Gallup, yeah? Yeah, this is this is a tough situation. This is a lot. It's not the same because obviously Dalvin Cook plays on Monday night, but this is one of the harder calls of the week because it's a good matchup for Dak. The Philadelphia secondary has struggled all season long. Dak has been so good from a fantasy perspective this year. You got to downgrade him because of the injury. I have him at QB twelve. The only quarterback stream that I have ahead of him is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I'm not going to get too cute with the Gardner Minshew thing over Dak, but you worry about it. You just hope that the that, that matchup being as good as it is is able to mitigate the injury risk here for Dak Prescott. Uh, and, of course, that means you downgrade Amari Cooper a little bit. He's a solid wide receiver, too, rather than the wide receiver he one he has been. And Michael Gallup, you downgrade to a wide receiver three, Greg. Okay, Michael Gallup goes down to a wide receiver three in this scenario. Miles Sanders, before we leave this game, Miles Sanders for you. Is he a top 12 running back this week? He is RB11 this week. The Cowboys allow the ninth most receptions to running backs this season. Wow, Miles Sanders. Get him in there in your lineups this week. I know, EY, you've had a bunch of questions about Miles Sanders in recent weeks. He's your guy. He's locked and loaded in your lineup. Up next is Arizona and the Seattle Seahawks. EY, we were just talking during the break. Steve Kimes, general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Says, we got to re-sign Kenyon Drake. Good reason. Dude's been on fire four touchdowns last week. Kenyon Drake, where do you, what do you expect out of him against Seattle here on Sunday? Yeah, Kenyon Drake has been, um, this is another guy that, that I think we were high on. He's been a guy that, you know, like you, you would see it in flashes and you would be like, why is he not playing in, in Miami? Why on earth is Kellen Balazs starting above Kenyon Drake? And I think all of our questions were answered and we were right. I mean, the reality is, is Kenyon Drake is an excellent running back. And in this system, he can really get it done. He's a decent pass catcher. I don't know if he's as good a route runner as David Johnson, but David Johnson is either banged up or or football has passed him by. I, I know he's a little bit older, but not old enough where you would think he's been done. But he looks like he's running in mud. And Kenyon Drake looks explosive. Four touchdowns last week. I don't imagine he does that again. But um, I've got him uh, in, in uh, three of my uh, four championship teams, and he'll be starting. Starting in all three. 
Yeah, if you started him last week, you're likely playing in the championship this week. And Kenyon Drake, I have him as RB16 this week, Greg. High-end RB2. I'm not scared of the Seattle Seahawks defense. They're 22nd in run defense DVOA. So I think that Kenyon Drake can take advantage in this spot, consistently seeing over 65% of the snaps for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I also do like Christian Kirk, assuming that he is healthy. He returned to practice yesterday on a limited basis. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Pay attention to that. But I think that this Seattle Seahawks secondary can be taken advantage of. And since Christian Kirk has returned from injury, it was like, whatever, five, six weeks ago, yep. he has dominated targets, seeing 25% of the target share for the Arizona Cardinals. So I do like him, uh, assuming he's healthy to go, low-end wide receiver two in this matchup. Not that you can probably do anything about it, Frank, but I do want to know, where is Tyler Lockett in your rankings this week? I will pull that up for you right now. I believe he's inside my top 12. He is inside. So, a couple bad games in a row. Comes back with a good game Wide last receiver week. eight. He's inside your top 10 yet again. Obviously, you start him here against Atlanta. We went through it before. Jacob Hollister is inside your top 10 just barely. Certainly inside your top 12. Number top 10? eight. He's number eight. Yeah. yeah he is and and eight. he's the one that I keep wrestling with with Tyler Higby because yeah. I have that actual decision to make on one of my teams. I have Hollister and Higby, and I keep going back and forth. It really is a close call. So, question that I have. Where is Mark Andrews on that list? Mark Andrews, I'm, I'm going to continue to roll him out there. He is tight end four. Oh Last time he faced wow. the Browns, he did score a touchdown against them as well. Okay, so because uh, the limit I had was was Mark Andrews or Jacob Hollister. And yeah, I think that's getting a little bit too cute. It's okay. a great matchup, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It doesn't get better than the Cardinals, but I think somebody in the pass game for the Seahawks is going to let us down this week between Lockett, Metcalf, and Hollister, and I just don't know who it's going to be because I like all three of them a lot, and I like Russell Wilson. You could take take advantage of this Cardinals pass defense, but is there going to be enough volume? There are seven, uh, nine and a half point favorites in this game. They could lean on Chris Carson once they get up and just run the ball. I like Metcalf too. He's a wide receiver too for me this week. He's a top 20 wide receiver. Cardinals secondary is bad. It's just bad. So I'm rolling all those guys out there, but I do worry that there's not going to be enough volume for everybody. You mentioned Mark. I mentioned Mark Andrews. Let's talk about the Ravens and the Cleveland Browns here. For the Ravens, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into with Mark Andrews, with Lamar Jackson, with Mark Ingram. I know a lot of people like Hollywood Brown this week. They're in on him. But the biggest question, EY, we have gotten in regards to this game is what about Odell Beckham Jr.? One minute. So, what say you about OVJ? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, you, you can't trust him. He's, he's been not good all year. Uh, Maybe the number one bust this year, a guy that uh, oh, yeah. I believe was going. Uh, I, I thought Baker Mayfield was going to be, you know, it was the best quarterback he'd ever played with. Uh, and going into this year, uh, Freddie Kitch- Kitchens looked like he had, was making all the right decisions, getting the ball out of Baker's hands quickly, uh, making good decisions and offensive play calls. And Cleveland has looked inept at times. Um, Chubb is, is the big bright spot there. Kareem Hunt coming back has looked well, too. Um, and Jarvis Landry still getting it done. So, But Odell Beckham, I don't think you can trust him this week at all. You know why OBJ is the biggest bust this year? He's played every game. And there's almost nothing you can do about it. You drafted him. He's there. And you're stuck. That's what makes OBJ arguably the biggest Not bust this season. week. Don't play him. We'll be back in a Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. 
Get on the grid. All right, final 20 or so minutes of the show. We'll have, we have one more break to go. Say goodbye to EY before that break. I know we, we're not going to get to Monday Night Football. We're going to wait till Monday to do that. But before we go any further, why it's the three of us in here, I do want to put a bow on this Mike Boone, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison conversation because people are going to have to make, uh, make sense of it all before Monday night, right? They're going to have to make sense of it probably Sunday at 1 o'clock. Because if you're like me, when you have all of them, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, I am, in, I am in the best situation I can be in where whoever plays, I start them. Easy. Yep. But most people aren't in my situation. You have Mike Boone and nobody else. Or you have Alexander Madison and nobody else. And the question becomes, what do you do? Frank, how imperative is it to wait for these guys on Monday night? You're going to answer, well, it depends on the situation, right? It depends on who you have in front of them. And I, I think you have to look at guys like a Raheem Mostert, a DeAndre Washington. Um, then, you can go, then you can go further, like Patrick Laird, for instance, right? Like, I, I think these are the type of players that people have and they have the, the decision to try to figure out. So, Carrion Johnson is another one. What do you do if you're in that situation? I will do this the easiest way possible, Greg, and I'm legitimately just going to name the running backs that I have ranked ahead of Mike Boone. I am ranking Mike Boone right now, assuming that Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook are not going to play in this game. There are 21 running backs that I would start ahead of Mike Boone as of now, so if this running back plays on Saturday or Sunday and you have Mike Boone on your team, start said running back that I'm about to mention ahead of Mike Boone. CMC, Zeke, Saquon. Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake, Marlon Mack, Devontae Freeman, DeAndre Washington, Raheem Mostert, Le'Veon Bell. That's it. That's the list. Those are the 21 running backs I would start ahead of Mike Boone if you have someone playing on Saturday or Sunday. EY? Jeez, this could be... This could be the decision that makes you or breaks you. Um, Boone looked good. We know that that Minnesota runs the ball. Uh, They rely on their running back for a ton of of carries, catches as well. Uh, Boone is a guy that um, I I drafted in some of my best ball leagues because there was some belief that maybe he could be the backup because Madison was the rookie and Boone's been there for a bit. Um, I I was reading something uh, a couple days ago on Boone and he like basically broke the, uh, the, Oh my God, why get it? The, the combine, uh, physically and athletically, this guy is an absolute animal. Um, but we haven't seen him get an opportunity. This could be it. This could be the time they, they put him on, on the list and he becomes a big thing or, he could be a third string running back that you start in front of somebody that's been getting it done all year and it breaks your heart. So I, I really like Frank's list. I think I would probably start all of those guys in front of Boone. Um, but someone like Laird, um, you know, Carlos Hyde, you know, maybe even uh, like James Conner, someone like that. I might start Boone in front of them if for sure I know he's going to be the starter. For me, I, you and I talked about it in the break a little bit, Frank. And I think that Mike Boone is worth waiting for if you can do it. But there are 20 running backs that you trust more. He is a running back, too. He is better than some of these flex guys, no doubt about it. But if you have a top 20 running back, you avoid 
having to deal with this. It's not like there's a reason that Mike Boone is third on the depth chart. Not just one. You need three of these more than likely because you need one for your RB one, RB two, and your flex spot. But my point is that there's a reason that Mike Boone's third on the depth chart. Right? He's not Dalvin Cook. He's probably not Alexander Madison. But Ewan's right. I mean, the guy is athletically gifted. Like he did break the combine. Sure. The problem is he hasn't had an opportunity, and obviously Dalvin Cook has the draft pedigree, and he's been really good, and they just drafted Alexander Madison in the third round. So those guys have draft pedigree, and they're also really talented. So it might not even be a knock on Mike Boone. He might be a really good player too. It's just that those other the the players he's surrounded around are also really good and were drafted highly. So, of course, the Vikings are going to go with those guys over him. Okay, fine. Fair enough. There's yep. there, there's your bow, if you will, uh, on Mike Boone. Speaking of bow, no more bow leaving because it looks like Carrion Johnson is back facing off against the Denver Broncos this week. It's the Broncos and the Lions. I've talked a lot about my defense, right? I picked up the Denver defense. EY asked us during the break, Kansas City or Denver. Uh, Indy also out there as well. Um, I've gone with Denver. Like, that's where I'm, I'm putting my mark in. I like Washington, too. You know that. I know you like Washington. I brought up Houston on Saturday against Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. I think they're an option as well. There's a lot of good streaming defenses. Do you think Carrion Johnson plays, Frank? If so, where is he ranked? I have him ranked, assuming that he is going to play. I have him as my RB36, so a low-end flex option, a low-end RB3. Tougher matchup going up against Denver. You don't know what the workload is going to be. It's a risky situation. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, You know the potential of adding Carrion Johnson. Uh, just to give you an idea, the running backs that I have ranked just ahead of him, Boston Scott, Miles Gaskin, Sony Michelle, Carlos Hyde, Ronald Jones. So if you have one of those guys in your flex, I think you leave that player in over to Carrion Johnson. Okay, Carrion Johnson. Uh, Carrion Johnson, a fine flex play, but a little bit There's careful. definitely risk involved. You just don't know what his workload's going to be. EY, are you buying the fact that Cortland Sutton is so ticked off about not making the Pro Bowl that they're going to do everything in their power to force-feed him the ball and he's going to go off this week? I don't think I'm convinced of that. I think Carlos Sutton is is a number one, and we talked about this in the in the preseason. I ranked him as a number one, and and I wanted as many number one wide receivers that I could get. He's proven that he has arrived, and he is the real deal. Uh, the problem is has been inconsistent play from the quarterbacks. Um, Locke does look like he's going to be the future there, is going to turn himself into a pretty decent quarterback, but I still can't trust um, that that connection or the fact that you know Carl Sutton. Or because of the the snub, the Pro Bowl snub that he's going to, you know, all of a sudden have the game of his life. Uh, I think he's a number one, and uh, I think playing against Detroit doesn't really scare me that much. So, I mean, if you have Sutton, I think you start him for sure. Yeah, you don't need a snub to go off against the Lions. They allow the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I have Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver eight overall. Top ten. On the other side in this game, I have Kenny Galladay, oh. wide receiver 27. So I'm a little bit lower on Kenny Galladay in this spot. The targets haven't necessarily been there. Uh, David Blau not taking shots down the field. The the Broncos secondary um, has been a little bit inconsistent. So see what happens ultimately. But... Um, yeah, I think Kenny Galladay is more of a boom-bust play at this point, Craig. All right, Gall- Galladay with David Blau has not been as good uh, as we hoped for. Galladay had a tough s- schedule here in the playoffs, and it made it only tougher when you had David Blau throwing him the football. Uh, would you, where are Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman for you this week? So I am down on Philip Lindsay as well. I know that 
Detroit, you look at them as a matchup where you want to use running backs all year. They've actually been better against running backs recently. So I have Philip Lindsay as my RB28. I have him 10 spots lower than consensus. I think he's more of a flex option. Lindsay hasn't played well recently. Royce Freeman, they're still splitting snaps. It's just it's a messy situation. They can't run the ball effectively. I think that they try and throw in the spot. Uh, if Noah Fant's healthy, I think that they use him against the Lions here as well. Obviously, I like Cortland Sutton. I'm a little bit more down on Philip Lindsay this week, Greg. Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay uh, you would rather start him or Mike Boone? I would use Mike Boone. You'd wait, you'd wait on Mike Boone for that one? Yes. Okay. Let me continue on, Franklin. You just keep chugging along here. Yeah, just try and rattle off as many like names that people might be worried about in games as possible, and we'll just kind of talk it through. All right, so you were talking, or Venture was talking, about Curtis Samuel in Carolina. DJ Moore we've heard about in Carolina this week because Will Greer is starting at quarterback. What does that do to these wide receivers? Don't fool around with Curtis Samuel. He's banged up. He's dealing with an injury. Didn't practice today. He's questionable. And he has Will Greer as his quarterback on top of all that. So uh, DJ Moore, I still have as a high-end wide receiver too. I told you I was going to downgrade him a little bit. He has been a bona fide wide receiver one. So you do see him kind of take a little bit of a, a, a knock here in the rankings. But I still think that the targets will be there because who else? They're going to throw it to McCaffrey. Maybe Olsen gets a little bit sprinkled in here. But I think as long as DJ Moore is on the field, Will Greer won't really have an option but to target him. Uh, and because of that volume, he's a high-end wide receiver too. EY, to you, on the other side of this game, the Indianapolis Colts, T.Y. Hilton is expected to play. He's supposed to see increased snaps, increased usage, increased everything. Are you confident in your fantasy finals to go out there and put in T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, absolutely. T.Y. Hilton is a gamer. Um, even when he's banged up, he, he shows up. I know uh, he didn't have a ton of snaps last week, but I, I think they're they're trying to be smart. But this is a, a game that the Indianapolis Colts need to win. You I mean, like they're in the same division with the Titans and they're all battling. Uh, I believe Houston's in first right now, but all the other teams are right there. You know, a couple losses from Houston, a couple wins from Indy, and they're first place in that division. So, yeah, they're going to go for it. Uh, that's the most important piece on that team, T.Y. Hilton. Hilton is a must-start. And of course, you got to get Marlon Mack in your lineup as well. I think he's a solid RB2 going up against the Panthers. The Panthers have allowed 23 rushing touchdowns to running backs this season. The next closest team is the Jaguars, who have allowed 14. The Panthers have allowed nine more rushing touchdowns to running backs this year than the next closest team. you got to use Marlon Mack this week. Marlon Mack definitely needs to be and deserves to be in your lineup championship week. Up next, let's get to the New York Jets. They're at home taking on Pittsburgh. And you want to talk about players that people have questions on, Frank. That's what brings us to Le'Veon Bell. You weren't sure. You thought about it. Rashard Perriman or Le'Veon Bell? I said Le'Veon Bell. You said Rashard Perriman. Sticking to your guns? I am sticking to my guns. I'm going with Brashad Perryman going up against the Houston Texans, the vertical passing attack of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think the targets will be there for Perryman as well. Le'Veon Bell, it's a revenge game. And I think that the Jets are going to try and get him in the end zone. But you can't kind of look away from the fact that it's a tough matchup. The Steelers have been a tough matchup for running backs all season long. They don't allow a high yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's usage has been frustrating all season long. So... I think, you know, while it is a revenge game, you got to be realistic with your projection on Le'Veon Bell. He's a low-end RB2 in this matchup. EY, how confident are you in some of the other pieces here, specifically Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not even on the injury report this week. Juju Smith-Schuster is back for the Steelers. Is he back in your starting lineup on Championship Sunday? I think if you have him and you have him uh, in your lineups, he's a guy that I don't own anywhere. Um, I believed him making the transition from... 
sharing the field with uh, Antonio Brown to being the man was going to be a huge hurdle for him. And I think for the most part, I was right in that uh, assessment. Being the number one wide receiver on a team is is hard work. I mean, you're going to be double teamed. You're, you're the, the defense is going to plan for you and, and plan to stop you and take you away. He's the best player on that team. And, uh, and that defense have done that. I think the New York Jets try to do that as well. Um, and the Duck is, is not a quarterback that I trust. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I think you start him. But uh, I would be very, very worried if I was relying on Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think I could do it, Frank. Juju is my highest-ranked Steelers wide receiver this week, and that is at wide receiver 44. So, that tells you everything you need to know about the Steelers passing attack. Where's Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder? I have Robbie at wide receiver 37 and Crowder at wide receiver 39. It's tough to figure out who's going to see the targets. Again, the Steelers secondary has been really good. They've allowed more fantasy points to outside wide receivers recently. So I think Robbie Anderson, there is some upside here, but he's a boomer bust play. So in the championship week, it's tough to really trust that. Um, because of that, I have him ranked at outside my top 36. Okay, there's your Steelers and Jets update. Next, let's go to the other Giants. Let's go to the other New York teams. The New York Giants taking on the Washington football team. Frank, you mentioned before you like Washington's defense this week. Uh, Daniel Jones is back in the lineup for the Giants. It's already been announced. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, Evan Ingram, obviously, on IR. He'll be there with Saquon and with Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. Terry McLaurin's a name you hear a lot about. Where are all these wide receivers ranked for you? McLaurin is the highest-ranked wide receiver in this game for me, and I'm quite bullish on him. I have him as a wide receiver, too. Wide receiver 19 overall is Terry McLaurin. We saw him with the long touchdown last week against Philadelphia. It wouldn't surprise me if he breaks another long one off this week. I have Darius Slayton once again ranked the highest of the Giants wide receivers. I know Shepard saw more targets last week, but Slayton has a rapport with Daniel Jones, and I think they go back to that again this week. So because of that, Darius Slayton is a solid wide receiver three, Greg. All right, we'll take a break. Ewan, good luck this week, man. We're rooting for you. Thumbs up. Thanks, boys. Eric Young. There it is. There it is. All right. We are taking our final break. When we come back, three questions, three minutes, and then it's championship weekend. Get the chills to you. Stick around. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Three questions, Frank. Three minutes to go of the fantasy football season. Feeling it, man. You excited? You pumped up? I am pumped. You ready to go? I'm pumped, dude. Let's go, man. Got a great Saturday slate, man. I can't reiterate that enough. I'm excited. We have an awesome, awesome, awesome Saturday slate. All right, I want to make three questions from three games we haven't spoken about yet, okay? Let's go. Will there be repercussions? Question number one. Will there be repercussions for Melvin Gordon's fumbles last week? He was benched in the second half. What do you do about Melvin Gordon in fantasy football this weekend? 
maybe he sees a slight downtick, but I don't see how they can go completely away from him. I think that both him and Austin Eckler are going to see a solid workload in this game. I don't know that they want to rely on Phillip Rivers, even with it being a solid matchup against the Oakland Raiders. The way to attack them is by throwing the ball. Their pass defense has been horrendous. Their run defense hasn't been great recently either, but I think that the Chargers rely more so on Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler in this game. They don't really put the game in the hands of Phillip Rivers much, and because of that, I see Melvin Gordon getting... 15 to 20 touches once again, and Austin Eckler likely in that 12 to 15 touch range where he has been all season. Question number two, if you had to start one Kansas City running back in your championship weekend, who would it be? Oh, God. Death is not an option. That's not the answer now. I would say if Damian Williams plays, probably him. Question number three, it's with involving the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you start Tyler Boyd this week? Absolutely. I have him ranked as a top 24 wide receiver. I'm bullish on Tyler Boyd. He's my wide receiver 20 overall. The Dolphins have been torched by wide receivers all season long. The targets have been there for Boyd as well. Uh, it's just it's a good matchup. How do you get away from it? So, you know, if you had like a Tyler Boyd or a Julian Edelman, I said this yesterday, I'm sticking to it. I would use Tyler Boyd over Julian Edelman. Edelman has settled in at wide receiver 35, Greg. Wide receiver. So, so we weren't sure. We saw Blake Bealey's rankings. And he was at like 37. I was like, what are we doing? Now you have more 34. Now he's all the way down there at 35. Unbelievable 30. Uh, what it comes down to. All right, 30 seconds. Do you have any last final pieces of advice, Frank, for our audience? Like I said earlier in the show, don't worry about the name on the back of the jersey. If a player is playing well, if the opportunity is there, if the matchup is right, Go with that player. Try your best not to overthink things. If you have a question, hit me up on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank. My rankings will be on RotoExperts.com as well. All right, there you go. For Frank Stample and Eric Young, my name is Greg Sussman. Wager Talks up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. We hope.